right, hello and welcome to another episode of the Give Us a Spell podcast. My name is Zach. Uh, Going to need a new song, to be honest, with these intros, but um, it's been a big couple of weeks. We had the Everest on the weekend, and look, I went out there uh, for towards the end of the card. I think I got there halfway through and left a bit early, but it was absolutely chockers. Really good to see. Uh, where did think about it come from? I just didn't think it had it against some of these horses and proved me wrong. So Sam Clipperton, amazing to see him salute for $7 million up uh, first, which is pretty sickening. I wish I win. Look, it was very close. It ran well. was stuck for a little while, but um, just went down half a, what, half a length or so. Private Eye... Proven thoroughbreds, happy days for them. First and third. In Secret was enormous. If you watch the overhead vision of that horse, riding from last, flying home for fourth. And Cylinder was really good too. I think Zach uh, ran really well aboard Cylinder, so that got in fifth. And you look at fifth. Fifth was still $1.2 million, so absolutely amazing. Overpass was a bit of a surprise, I think. Leave around sort of, with was a bit of a leader bias up there at the, uh, throughout the day. And look, it was picked as the overall, uh, probably one of the main leaders, and then Alcohol Free even kicked up then. So, Look, props to think about it, and obviously the likes of Fangirl didn't that put in a performance? Fangirl, J Mac aboard, uh, dusted Mr. Brightside by uh, God, it must have been close to three lengths. So that was very big. And look, it was um, cracking day of racing. So this week, though, there is Caulfield as well. So Caulfield is uh, Caulfield Cup Day. Uh, there's been a lot of yarns about Gold Trip. Some people are declaring, some people are completely potting it. There was a horse that I didn't mind without a fight, which has been uh, something about being a, being a bit lame or it needs to be re-examined by the vets tomorrow morning. That's Friday morning, um, along with non-conformists. So... That's going to be an absolute cracker of a field as well. And then, obviously, we have racing in Sydney as well. But I bring in the boys. Tommy, you are out there, obviously, stuck in the Sky Racing truck. But um, what did you make of the day, mate? It was absolute chockers, don't you think? Yeah, couldn't have said it any better myself, Zach. Great great intro. Um, Just what a day. Like, um, I I, I thought it started out pretty slow, but looking at all the pitches come in. But by the time the Everest got there everyone was out there and um just some great scenes the sweet caroline everyone getting involved and just the shots out front around like was was sick so um yeah great to see that in racing i think um talking about the infield next year as well so it's only going to get bigger and um yeah just just uh really good to be a part of um even though i was in a truck it was probably the great place to be because it, it was quite warm out there and i heard the lines for beers were pretty deep anyway so um yeah yeah didn't miss out on much i think the lines were about 40 minutes long for a beer and then the toilets were even worse but like you said about that in the infield would you want to do that though like they'd have to do it up so well for people to want to actually be there they'd have to have like what portaloos they'd have to have bars and whatever i don't think i'd want to be over that side Mate, I actually went to, I think it was Future Festival there a few years ago. And, <laughs> <What's your laughs> um, yeah, Dingers? a couple of thing, things going on in the in the middle. Like, I think I saw Macklemore and um, Pharrell Williams and a few in there, and it was it was pretty cool. But even, I think what they do is then, yeah, like, like some of the un- other places, either set up marquees or um, even just free, free entry or gold coin entry and just let people in just to be a part of it. So, yeah. Um, if they can come to come to grips with something like that, I reckon it'd be dope. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, bit of a cracker. Um, it was a cracking, like beautiful day. It was hot. There was a bit of a breeze that, towards the end, which was really good. But Coey, you were uh, stuck at the office, which is not a bad thing on a Saturday, to be honest. But uh, let's just talk about the the Everest, mate. So it wasn't um, 
think about it bloody amazing I thought it wasn't in my top four I just thought you know I know we talked last week and we gave it a really good preview and people really liked it so thanks for reaching out but um we mentioned that it is a horse that keeps winning and horses that do that can often keep doing it but we I was more of the opinion that it was well placed and I go it's up against the likes of I wish I win and private eye and in secret and all this sort of shit and to be honest uh I was proved wrong it was really good uh, and fucking awesome to see Sam Clippin and salute. What do you reckon? What did you make of the race? I think we all thought that, you know, we, we if it won that race, it's a proper weight for Rage Horse, and now it's going to have a really, really... It's been a gelding as well, so we're going to get to see him go around and round for years to come, which is great. You know, like, if he was a cult, I mean, for all I know, you, if you're the connection, you just send it out to the, the breeding barn pretty much immediately, but... <laughs> Luckily for all of us pundits, we we love uh, geldings, and it's a talented one. And it's good to see Joey Pride win as well, along with Sammy Clippin. And I think both of them, uh, honest as the day comes, and great people of the industry. And my goodness, like first and, just, and third. Yeah, I know that's what I was about to say. First and third. I mean, I know Joey Pride was uh, relatively well behaved on the nine. He did that at uh, the live cross in the on Sunday morning show, but. Clipperton, uh, I think he made the most of it, and he barely had a voice, so he partied it out, and good on him. He rocked up as well, so all props to him. They're all professionals, and they're, they're great guys. You know, great to see them win. What did you think of a couple of the runners? So something I mentioned earlier was um, In Secret, I thought. That was one of mine. I thought it was really good. Yes, it drew barrier 12, sat at the back the whole time, but flew home. If you look at the overhead view of that race, flew home for fourth just ahead of Cylinder, and the other surprising thing, I guess, was Overpass. So people were jumping all over Overpass because of the leaders throughout the day, like the likes of Front Page and stuff. But Overpass was a bit of an odd one, and In Secret, I thought, was enormous. What do you reckon? Um, well, in secret, I, I just thought that the 12 was the issue. If it drew inside, I think it wins. Like, I, I genuinely think that it just maps a lot better. And, like, as we've seen in the lead-up runs, it was kind of running four or five in in the run. So it was a lot closer in the run, previous starts, and then he drew 12, or she drew 12. So Purton had no option but to just shuffle back and hope, hope for the best. And... Hope for the best he did, and she was gallant. I mean, she's going to be around for a couple more years, I hope, um, at least for at least one more Everest and everything else before she sent out by the, the Royal Blue team to probably become a really, really nice broodmare because she's won, what, two group ones, I think, next to her name now. So well, she's, she's a high-priced commodity herself, so all props to her. And as for the others, I wish I win. Obviously very unlucky, but one probably worked out better than 12 because 12 – I think it would have ran a similar race to what In Secret did in the end, if it was 12. Uh, Private Eye, enormous. He travelled three wide the trip and still, you know, took placings. And Cylinder, I think I, I think we should see another season out of him as well. Um, connections would be silly to, you know, just tip it out and take it straight to the bar, uh, breeding barn. So I reckon we'll see one more year of it. And it, who knows, this time next year might be its grand final in the Everest and then it it's off to stud. Um, but all in all, an, a great edition of the Everest and a lot to unfold. And it's just a, a form line that we're just going to keep looking at over and over again now. Yeah, I love it. And Tommy, with um, I think the, one of the most surprising things at the beginning of the race was alcohol-free kicking up and sort of giving it to Overpass. As a result, they both came 10th and 12th. But that was pretty surprising, alcohol-free up there at the start, eh? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Um, I think Kelly... 
hit the nail on the head. It's so important with barriers there. I think think about it had the the dream result, the dream run, and and everything went for him and he got the win. But like if I wish I win draws out a bit or gets out a bit earlier, he was rocketing home. Private eye was hampered, and all those back markers were a bit hampered as well by um, Espiona. And, yeah, overpass, I don't know if it was alcohol-free taking it on that took him. Josh Parsand, I think, after the, um, after the race, he was just a bit flat. So I don't, I, I don't know if he was just flat or he wasn't expecting to go as hard with alcohol-free pushing on, but it just, it just highlights the importance of a good barrier when you're at the top and um, only a small thing makes um, the slightest thing goes wrong, then it can derail the whole thing. I thought Bronis Natchez was huge too. Um, it, it, if it didn't get a um, that check that caused by Espiona, I think it would have been a lot closer and in secret as well. Um, thought it was massive. So there's there's a case for a few, but you you got to say um, think about it. it's just gone from strength to strength and um, keeps stepping up, keeps getting asked for more and. Interesting, Joe Price talking about maybe it being a miler in the autumn. So um, I think he even said to Ray Thomas in the paper that um, this time next year he hopes to have Private Eye in the Everest and um, think about in the King Charles. So that would be amazing. He's just he's a tank, uh, think about it, and he, he could go down uh, as one of the best all time if he um, grows into a miler. Bloody oath. And speaking of the King Charles, it is the old George Main and Group 1 of 5 million bucks up for grabs. Uh, I took on Mr. Brightside in the likes of Think It Over, which finished about 6th or 7th or something. But Fangirl, Coey, uh, that was surprising. I think a little couple of bucks came for it late. But Mr. Brightside still jumped under $2. Uh, it won by like, fuck, two and a half, three lengths. Wasn't it enormous? That was huge. And uh, it just had the... <sighs> The whole setup with Fangirl was fantastic. I mean, like, the, it drew low, drew a barrier for a change, which is a big tick. It got the dry surface, which it loves. And obviously, yeah, Mr. Brightside, I think we were all not pot it, potting it last week, but, like, just the two bucks was just – there's no there's no bet there, really, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, you might stick it in for your first – the trifectas and your first fours, so more so exotics, but – even for your multis, I don't think there was value for it. And so, I mean, luckily, I didn't actually uh, put any money on top, you know, just because you'd have to launch a little bit of cash collateral into it to make a profit. So I'm glad that I didn't. But uh, Fangirl, wow, proper horse, proper horse, the way that she put that field away. I mean, neither no animo, uh, no animo, no proper wait for age group one milers around outside of your Mr. Brightsides and whatever else. She gets that little bit of a relief with weight being a, a mare as well. So uh, I think she's, she's going to be a superstar in the autumn, I reckon. Uh, I don't know what the connections do after the King Charles, so to speak. I'm actually not sure, but look out next year because I reckon she's going to be just winning group ones after group ones. That's my guess anyway. Absolute freak, yeah. Cracker of a win. Uh, two more races I just want to recap. Uh, Cozzy, this is a win by front page, which was enormous from Tyler. Uh, leading from the front and absolutely kicked away and ran a really good time, 108.04. Opal Ridge, uh, there was yarns about it, if, whether it was um, 100% fit. Still ran second, only less than two lengths behind. Far too easy, rounded out the placings. Cavalier Charles as well there at fourth. Um, Tommy, 
oh, front page was huge, wasn't it? The way that Tyler rode that was absolutely spot on. Led the whole way and didn't let him, let him get anywhere near him. He improved last year somehow and just, yeah, it was great to see. First first run for Matt Dow, but absolutely um, brained him. I think, um, I think even in the stewards report, he was lame. Um, and if he did that in the run, it just shows how good he actually is. And, yeah, he, he was huge. I, I thought the top four were the – well, at least the top three were the clear top three in it, and they, they proved it. But um, uh, Cavalier Charles, as said, was pretty good. But, yeah, just credit to front page. It's um hell of a horse. And I think it missed out three years ago because uh, it hurt itself in the float on the way there. So it could have been a three-time Cosy winner too. Um, but, yeah, just – Really, really amazing stuff there from um, all involved, especially actually. And we, I think we talked to Tyler as well, just to do it for um, the areas from Jerildry. I think that uh, there's a connection between the owners, um, uh, where Tyler's from, where Matt Dale grew up in that town as well. And yeah, just the connection between all of them, a small country town. And that's what these big races for the country people. And I, as we spoke to Tyler about it, he, it just, that race means so much to him. So it's great to see him win it. Yeah, it was absolutely enormous. Um, Race three, Arctic Glamour was really good. I think all of you sort of gave it a good push. I think it's favourite for the thousand guineas now. But Coey, race one is a horse you sort of gave a push last week for at uh, the eight dollar mark. Land Legend. So Tyler rode this as well. This was the Ledger. So twenty six hundred meter race. Very, very long race to kick off the day. Uh, it was its first race in Sydney or in Australia. And was enormous. Uh, Cleveland took it to it in the straight and absolutely kicked away. So. Why did you pick it, and what did you think of the run? Well, I just think it was just the genuine European form that was bringing to this race, and not many horses in Australia like 2,600 as it is. So a European that's done it on stakes grade level, loves the like the dry going, just looked like a real dower type. Tyler rode it an absolute peach because the the slow tempo, the uh, the muddling tempo mid like mid race wasn't suiting it, and the Europeans they just they just keep fighting. They, they might not have the world's quickest turn of foot, but they can stay for days. So as soon as Tyler hit the go button about 1,800 out, um, it just kept going. That's pretty much it. Like n- nothing was going to catch it. And it was toe-to-toe with Cleveland coming up the rise and about the, what, the 200. It just – Cleveland just couldn't keep up. It just went, no, nah, I can't sustain a run like this long. So – Goodbye and tore away. So I'm ho- I'm hoping that we get to see it again in this spring. But if we don't, I mean, Waller's going to have a really interesting uh, stayer on his hands. And I guess it, the sky's the limit with it because there's not many Australian stayers, so to speak, that are standouts. Uh, yeah. So now that he's got one that's potentially going for the Cups this time next year, that's, he must be thrilled about that. So good on him. Yeah, cracker. It'll be interesting what they do with uh, what they do with him. Um, all right, we're going to do pretty much quaddy legs at both Caulfield and Randwick. Randwick isn't the most exciting card, but it is Caulfield Cup day down there. Uh, we're going to start with Caulfield Cup. So it's race nine. Um, I'm going to go in market order, not runner order, because there's a few there that probably won't touch on. But um, 
there has been a few yarns about the gold trip. So gold trip was fucking enormous last start. Uh, came out of nowhere, came from the back and absolutely flew home at Flemington. Uh, it's $5. It was sixes. The things I'm reading today, people are declaring it and people are potting it and saying it's the biggest lay of the, lay of the year. So I don't know about you guys, but Tommy, have you had a good look um, at the Caulfield Cup form? I have given it a pretty good uh, once over. Uh, so gold trip. Barrier 11, Ben Mellon, Maron Eustace in good form. Is it on top for you? I mean, it was it was pretty good, and they paid a lot of money to late entry for this race, and you can see why it's going similar prep as last year into the Melbourne Cup, and off that last win, you got to think it's a massive chance. Yeah, and you're getting five bucks for it. It's a pretty good price. There's, there's been a bit of talk about Solcombe as well. It's been impressive. The one I land on is um, Francesco Guardi. I just think Waller's been so keen on this horse. He's been talking it up for a Caulfield Cup for a few weeks. McDonald rides 54 kilos as well, which he hasn't ridden in close to three years. Uh, the gate's a bit tricky, but have plenty of time to find a spot. And I just remember this time last year as well. Um, it, it was absolutely flying after a few runs. He, he almost fell over and he still almost won a... Um, when maybe it was a Mini Valley Cup or a similar race to it, it was it was incredible. So um, everyone's been waiting to see it come back this year and go towards the Melbourne Cup. I think um, I think we'll all have it going um, pretty well in this race. So very keen to see McDonald on Francesco Guardi for me. But um, really interesting, Nash um, taking his suspension right away. So he jumps off Montefilia and jumps off Fangirl in the Cox Plate. Um, I think to what ride and maybe Hawaii 5-0 in the Golden Eagle and Private Eye in the um, in the Winner Stakes. He also talked about Montefilia maybe going to he he would like to see Montefilia go to a Melbourne Cup. I don't know if he has a Melbourne Cup ride, but yeah, we won't see Nash for a couple of weeks after Wednesday. Um, but I just think it's a cracking field. Like Huya Mal, um, Spirit Ridge was really game against um, Just Fine in the Metro. Goldman hasn't had its best um, best form this prep, but uh, third in will be really well. And even Bois like we saw the winning form last year come out of those Newcastle Wild Cups um, at a big price with uh, Durston last year. So... Um, I've seen worst eighty to one shots as well, but yeah, I'm Francesco Guardi for me, and I think it's a really good Caulfield Cup. All right, yeah, it is. So, Coey, so Gold Trip's five, Solcum is six fifty. That's probably the one I'm landing on. Westwind blows at sevens without a fight is the one that is possibly lame or needs to be re-examined tomorrow morning. Seven fifty. There's a couple of bucks for Breakup. Good coin for Valiant King. Drawn the inside for Jamie Carr. It's twenty ones into twelves. Montefilli is there at thirteens. Who you mal at sixteens? Tommy likes Francesco Gardi at seventeens. You got Akita Sushi, uh, Swishy. Don't know. Uh, it's 17. It's had a couple of bucks for it too. It was 26 this morning. And then the rest are pretty big odds. Um, non-conformist and without a fight are the ones that are possibly lame, need to get re-evaluated. Uh, but where have you landed, mate? What do you think? Are you with the fave? I was genuinely wanting to back without a fight until this little niggle scare, whatever you want to call it, because I just think that I know it reads sixth in the Underwood, but 1800 was just too short for it. So stepping up to 2400... 
Barrier seven, it'll still, you know, probably sit towards the tail of the field anyway. It'd probably be, I don't know, just slightly worse off. So, but yeah, I just thought the 2400, 55 and a half kilos, which is probably the lightest weight it's carried since the Melbourne Cup um, last year. So I was hoping that it was going to run here in full bill of health and I was happy to back it in. But now that we have this niggle, I don't know what to do. Um, I think Gold Trip, it was so big last start that. I have to assume that it's going to figure again, but the the really dry surface down at Caulfield slightly worries me because I know the connections really wanted to have a bit of you know uh, softness in the ground, but the way it's been racing down there as of late, it's been rock hard and fast. I don't know if Gold Trip wants to be riding on that two runs. Well, it's going to have another run probably in the Cox Plate and then go to the Cup. So whether the connections decide to go here or they just scratch out and then go to Cox Plate into the Cup like last year. We'll wait and see. Uh, but I am happy to just avoid Gold Trip for this start. I think the connections will probably play it a bit safer if it is really, really dry and if it decides to run. So I'm happy to just skip over five bucks uh, without a without a fight. Interesting, like I said. Niggles, niggles are scary though, aren't they? Like you said, like oh, you, yeah. if you now, like how often does your fucking horse get a vet check and win? Yeah, well, that's right. And, like, it, it's – you don't want to bet into something unless, unless it blows out of proportion. Like, you know, like if if it goes from, like, six bucks, seven bucks right now into 15s, I'll, I'll have a pineapple on it because I think it's just overs. But just to be relatively up there in the market with a niggle, it worries me and it just scares me to have a bet. So I'll steer clear of it for the time being. I'll wait for the vet report. Uh, yeah, I, just on that, before you go on, Kelly, I was just going to say, um, I think they're a bit over the top as well, like we saw leading in the Melbourne Cup last year where they're, they're checking, especially with all these internationals coming, that they're, they're looking for injuries just so we don't have anything on those big days. So it could just be a thing where they're, they're vetting all the horses and anything small, um, they're, they're giving them an extra couple of days to make sure they're right. But who knows? Yeah, to totally get it. I, uh, Racing Victoria notoriously known for being over-precautious, especially when it comes to the, the Europeans. So totally get that. Um, hopefully it is nothing. Uh, we'll wait and see, I guess. Um, but breakups interesting. 2,400 metres probably suits. Dry surface suits. So I haven't seen too much of this Japanese horse, but Damien Lane, obvious choice of booking. It's it's been in some handy races behind some handy horses. So if it comes here, rock hard fit, it could definitely be something. And I think it's the money's there. The bookies have obviously kept it safe. So happy to follow them a little bit. Tommy's already made a case for Francesco Gardi. I think twenty four hundreds are going to be bang on for it. So look out, I'd say like the way that it put the field away last year in the uh, Mooney Valley Gold Cup. Yes, it was a heavy eight, but this horse can run on top of the ground as well. It's quite versatile. So the fact that James McDonald is booked on this horse is a big, big tick. So, yeah, definitely keep it, keep safe. West wind blows huge in the Turnbull. Plenty of upside. Going to be second up in Australia, 2,400 once again. It ran in ran in uh, the, what's it called, the Royal Ascot Carnival, and it was shadowed away by about a length over the same trip. So... Keep safe as well, but it's actually quite interesting. This year, I feel like the the weight scale isn't 
so detrimental as the past years, if that makes sense. So, like, a lot of these horses towards the bottom of the page, they're going to be carrying 50 and a half and so forth. But the quality animals that we've seen over and over again, yes, Gold Trip's the only outlier that's carrying 50 and a half, but the 55 and a half and lower, yeah, I don't think that's too much of a handicap. You're giving head starts to these horses at the bottom, but they're <laughs> – I think in realistic sense, these horses, if it were to be up to me to handicap, should be fucking 46 kilos, 47 kilos, because I think that the animals uh, towards the, in terms of race book order, are just a far superior type. So, you know, the likes of Goldman, we haven't seen the best for it, uh, just hasn't proven itself at this level. So I just think that it should be carrying less than 52 kilos. Um, You're going to give me some for Sulcum? That's one of them. Sulcum's interesting, but I, I'm steering away from it. I think it's under the odds at the moment. So I'm thinking West Wind Blows, the Japanese horse breakup, I'd be putting them in. Keep safe. I don't have a real bet at the moment, but the internationals are going to be the ones I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I think they definitely warrant the respect. And Tommy's already touched on Spirit Ridge. Out of the domestic types, outside of Francesco Gardi, keep an eye on it because that uh, Metrop run was huge. So it, it could just lead them up and just go start to finish. Do you want to box up five? We, well, I mean, if we're going to say that uh, RV's overreacting with this lameness issue, I'll definitely put, without a fight, break up, Francesco Gardi, West Wind Blows, and uh, Spirit Ridge. Love that. Top two out, not in. Uh, Tommy, give me five boxed. So, Gold Trip, Sulcum, break up, the import, uh, Montefilia, number four, and Francesco Guardi. Is that five? Yeah. yeah, I think that's five. Yeah, Spirit Ridge is a, maybe maybe in for third or fourth. Pretty close. Uh, Gold Trip, Sulcum, West Wind Blows, Francesco, Guardian, Breakup. So I'm five as well. All right, race number seven. We're going to go back to the first leg of the quaddy. So this is the Tristark. Um, it is a 1,400 metres. Um, not a huge field. I think they've only got nine going around. Um, nine going around. So... I'm not even going to pronounce the favourite. Uh, Mickey D is riding. It's $3.60 on the drift, though. Uh, Skew Whiff. Opie is over riding, so $4.60. Waltz on buys there. Damien Lane at five fifty. Road to Arataki. Sixes. Call Die at 10s. Madam Pomery is going round. J-Mac gets the ride. What didn't it run? Yeah, it did run in that group one. Back in round, it came last. Uh, Revolutionary Miss, Shuffle Dancer, Wallumbi. Uh, Kowie, would you like to pronounce the favourite here uh, for race number seven? Say Magic, Thank I think you. it is. Yeah, let's go yeah. with that. I think, you know, it's a soft T. So <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as I know with my French. Sest Magic. <laughs> let's go with Sest Magic because it's just going to be easier for everyone. <laughs> um, interesting race. A couple that I can pot. I think... Just purely because of the the weight scale, I think I, I, I'm still not sold on Call Die. I think it needs one more year. I just yeah, I'm not convinced by her, and I think just the you're only giving three and a half kilos to your likes of Madame Bomberie, who's a Group One winner, Skewiff, who is a Group One winner from down in New Zealand. I think it won the Tarzino. So just the three and a half kilos split between them, yeah, I don't give it too much of a chance. Uh, same as I. Th- <sighs> I don't want to say because it'll probably do me, but uh, Revolutionary Miss is definitely not one of mine. I just don't think it's going to get there. Uh, step up to the mile will probably help. Uh, 1,400 is going to be a good, nice sleeping, like a stepping stone for it, but I'm looking at the top of the market for me. Uh, I think that 
Is it going? Oh, Madam Pomery, how much is it? Uh, Madam Pomery, we're getting 11s. It's on the drift, though. 8.50 out mm. to 11. Oh, it's been pushed back. That's, that's a bit of a shame. But, uh, well, I mean, I think it's just a it's, it's a good animal. And I think 1,400, I know it hasn't won over the trip, but it's placed twice. It's won at Caulfield before, which is a big tick. I think it won its group one at Caulfield, so that's a big tick as well. Uh, J-Mac on barrier one in the small field. I think it's handy. I think the only query is going to be the dry track form. Skew whiff is the clear danger for mine. The only, yeah, like, I don't know how these Kiwi forms translate this year because we haven't actually seen too many come over the from the ditch. Yeah, but it's just one of group one over there, has it? Don't know if it's any yeah, good. But... Uh, but, you know, Dragon Leap and Legato, it beat Legato in the 1400. So, I mean, that, that measures up. Really, Legato won the Oz Guineas in the uh, autumn, and now it's coming over here fresh into a Golden Eagle. So, after winning the Matamata Cup, so definitely the four matches are Barry to Opie's coming over. I love it that Mark Walker's actually got a stable in Cranbourne nowadays, which just makes it for an easy transition for those horses coming over from New Zealand. So, if I were to pick, I would be leaning towards the Kiwi just to yeah ups- upset the locals. Right, you, Tommy, you top of the market as well? Um, I was with Skew a couple of weeks ago when it, it was actually scratched the barrier to, um, uh, I can't remember the race. Um, was that the Arrowfield, yeah. I think? No, it was a race. It was funny because there was a story that Skew if had actually won that race before. There was a, an Australian horse by the name of Skew if had won it 20 years ago and it was going to win it as well because, yeah, obviously coming off that form and, in an opiate, come over to ride it, and then they scratch at the gates. But um, uh, yeah, I'll, I worry about that a bit because I he played up there. But um, yeah, the form the form for him is great if he um, if it does match up. Uh, yeah, I, I think Opie's a big rap on it too. So I think it's a massive chance. Same with um, say Mag, Mag, uh, Magic or whatever we went with. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's ready to peak. Third test up, magic. So, yes, test <laughs> magic. Bang on. Um, big chance. But the one I want to give a bit of a, um, a bit of a rub to is called I. It's been running really consistent and um, I probably want to won, but would have been a lot closer if it didn't cop a bump uh, with about 300 to go last start. Um, it's got all the ability in the world, I reckon, this horse. And really, really finding the lines, starting to find the line strong. Blake Shin, um at fifty-five kilos here, so I think it's a bit of a bit of a chance to call die. Yeah, call die. Okay, so we got the Munga Stakes in race number eight, and Shorty in Nunthorpe. Blake Shin is aboard. Uh, just checking deductions. There is a fourteen cent deduction, so there's been money for it, but not as much as it looks. Uh, it's two dollars seventy uh, for what it win. But it's coming off a couple of wins. I can't remember what track it was at Caulfield. Yep. So two dollars seventy. We got Buffalo River there at five fifty. Couple of bucks for it. Uh, Times Square is there at sevens. We got Climbing Star Umgawa at nines, and then we're double figures pretty much for the rest of them. Uh, this Nunthorpe one is uh, it's actually a pretty good horse, Tommy. I know it's coming out of benchmark races and similar, but uh, Jamie's been aboard both those two wins. Now it's Shin. Uh, go to you for this one, Tommy. Start off. Yeah, I think it's the obvious choice here. Obviously, we've seen what's um, done this prep so far. Um, been well backed, and you can you can understand why. Buffalo River, I think. Um, I don't think there's a lot of speed here. I haven't I haven't looked uh, much closer, but 
Um, takes a lot to lead Buffalo River. So um, especially Caulfield, I think that's where his form's been uh, with Caulfield playing a bit leaderish. So um, he's got to be there with a chance as well. Um, big fan of Mr. Maestro, the Kiwi. Um, probably need the run first up, but uh, keen to see it back as well. But I think the favourite might be too good for him here. You agree, King? Uh, yeah, I think so. So I think Nunthorpe and Buffalo uh, River lead. By the look of the barriers, I think Nunthorpe will just sit on the coattails of Buffalo River. It'll probably just follow it, stalk it, shadow it everywhere it goes and just goes over the top of it. I think it's just a better animal. Uh, but saying that Buffalo River has let us down or upset us emotionally in every which way possible. Uh, <laughs> I think I think it will play a little bit leaderish at Caulfield tomorrow uh, on Saturday. So I think I, I think the rails will be pretty hot. It's kind of what I'm thinking, especially with it coming out and how the last couple of meetings have played. So I'm happy to be just on the favourite here as well. So I reckon Nunthorpe to win, but Buffalo River could definitely be the the upset. Alrighty, top of the market. We skip the Caulfield Cup. We've done that. We go to the last and Vivian. He's going around as a favourite. Damien Lane is aboard. Um, I think Willow wrote it last start. Damien wrote it the last few, but it's coming off a bunch of wins. I think it's one, maybe one, two, three. Yeah, it's coming off looking for about six in a row. Uh, $2.70 was $4.40 before when markets opened, and it is now two seventy. so good go. Hypotheticals there. Draw on the inside at fives with Ben Mellum aboard. Dianti. Is there at sixes? McAvoy is down there riding. H2O is there at 12s, and we've got double fingers for the rest of them. Not much money for the rest of them, to be honest. It's all come for uh, the favourite in Vivian. Go to you, Coey. Uh, it's coming off a bunch of wins. Can it keep winning? I think so. Like I mean, it's coming out of a, a decent benchmark 100. Run on a good three that day as well, so it was real fast. I think the only thing that might undo him is barrier eight. I think... If it doesn't get stuck wide, I mean, it, it, it's a front free-rolling type, so it needs to be up near the speed. And as long as it gets there, I think it is definitely the class act. Um, pretty much the only other form line to f- follow is this uh, listed race from Morfordville. And I don't know how well that rates. It ran really fast on that day. Once again, not running on a good three as well, over 1,100 metres. It's a month, well, it's five weeks between runs. So a lot of these horses are going to be coming in relatively fresh, which is going to be interesting. So I, I think it's the weaker form race. Um, and the most interesting runner probably in the field is the uh, the Lees runner, Willinger Beast, which definitely could be up to these. If you look at the autumn prep, I think it finally gets a dry surface, which is only contested once. But I think looking at its most recent trial, it was fine. It ran quick times. Came second behind a couple of nufties, but regardless to that, it uh, doesn't matter. I think it just maps well. He'll be kind of box seat, I think, and he might get the last shot. So Dolly on board, definite chance, but favourite, yeah, I'm leaning towards the favourite still. You too, Tommy? Uh, yeah, full credit the favourite. It's um, it's definitely been winning um, good races, benchmark hundreds and Rightly should be favourite and best back, but there's just something something special about this Gianti. I reckon it, it was a really strong win first up, and really came to see um, what it can progress on to. I th- I thought it was hitting the line strong and just getting into its best work with really um, Karen only just sort of touching it. So I, I'm happy to spec it. Uh, I do like what Curry said about Willinger Beast as well. Um, looking to improve second up, and yeah, just just. Um, 
or has all the ability as well if he can turn it on. So um, Gianti and Willinga, but yeah, full credit the favourite. But yeah, I'd just go with the ones at odds, I reckon. Alrighty, that is Caulfield. We're going to go to Randwick now to look at a couple of races. We'll do quaddy legs, but I just want to kick off just before we touch on it um, with race five. We mentioned just before we hit record about commemorative coming back. It is a dollar ninety-five. Markets did open a bit bigger than that, but a um, dollar ninety-five now. Uh, Jinkira is there at nine fifty, a little bit for it. Dem- Demiana is there at fifteens, but. Kazu is there at four twenty, but this thing is a dollar ninety five. It's short. It's coming off what a decent time off, but it had that really big win at uh, fucking Canterbury. I think it was a midweek run, and it won by about five lengths. So, Kelly, I know you mentioned this one. Um, what are your thoughts? Is this just uh, really excited to see this one come back? Yeah, I think just the fact that they had well, they literally you know debuted it at Canterbury in June, and straight off the back of that win, James Cummings and Godolphin just went. All right, we're going to have a crack at the spring. So I think it's exciting that they just had the foresight to just tip it out immediately and just be like, yep, let's let's start preparing for what races we can run in come the spring. So now now being a three-year-old filly, I'm sure they'll find something. I'm sure they'll find something. Whether it's like a – I don't know how far it can travel. That's, I guess, the real question. So is an Empire Rose out of the question? I'm not sure. I actually haven't checked the futures, and I probably should, and I'm just going to check it now. But it is definitely like the exciting horse that's returning to the track. Uh, I can is- tell you, Kelly, it's uh, 51 into 26 for next year's Everest. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. so that market's already um, going ahead, and a few people happy off the trial. So uh, Tim Ryan said on Form Line tonight, yeah, big, um, big go already for it for next year's Everest. It's 11 bucks in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. And like you look at the horses that are ahead of it. So you've got Cylinder, King's Gambit, I Am Unstoppable, Osmosis, Shinzo. So the fact that it's 11 bucks <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. Uh, that there is a lot of hype around this horse. And whether it, I think it wins, I know the draw is definitely on the stickier side, but. If it wins comfortably tomorrow, I am sure that Godolphin are going to take it there or the Thousand Guineas, where it is a $6 second elect. Well, what do you know? Interesting. So, <laughs> um, they're obviously pumped Then they're excited about this horse and it won by five lengths on that debut. Yes, like I said, the, the draw is sticky, but I think just if it finds a nice little mid midfield posse, class itself just take over and just roll straight past them. So it's hard to knock. A dollar ninety-five is definitely short for a horse that's only had one start. I don't know if Tim Ryan and the likes at Tab are going to lay him, but it's probably hard to when it's so. I mean, the the guys at Godolphin know what they're doing. The Dominic, uh, the form analyst guy over there, he, he is an absolute machine in the gun, and he he maps all the races and the form, where it should head, speed maps, everything else, and the fact that it's come up at $1.95, I think the tab are relatively uh, scared about it. So hard to knock. I've got it on top. It's exciting. Let's let's hope and cheer. And uh, maybe the players to just play these futures, 1,000 guineas and cool more. Yeah, and Zach Lloyd gets a run too. So exciting to see how that one goes. We go to race seven, opening leg of the quaddy, and it's the Robrick Lodge. Lante handicap, Tommy. So Unspoken is going around as a favourite, $2.70, coming off two wins, two good wins too. So stepping up to 
uh, in class. Cepheus is there at 350. Aaron Bullock is riding. Knight's Choice there at 950. A couple of bucks for it. Zach Lloyd drawn the inside. We get out to 12's Wild Planet. Tyler aboard. Nothing else is getting any coin. Uh, money for Unspoken. Money for Knight's Choice. Tommy. Yeah, I think it's a great race. Unspoken and Cepheus. Um, off that winning form in Cepheus. Looking to keep fit for the uh, big dance as well. And I think Knight's Choice um, just went around for... Um, just got a little hit out last start, and Zach Lloyd um, now on for brother Jaden. Um, really looked to watch it improve into this run. So I, I might have a little spec on it and maybe just something on Cuban Royale. Um, a bit disappointing last start, but just um, really improving this prep and um, just, yeah, just liking the way it maps for Cuban Royale as well. But I, I think it's a great race. I'll be out there uh, enjoying myself instead of working. Um, looking forward to this race. But um, good money for Unspoken as well. And obviously, you've seen the run so far this prep. You understand why. Keep an eye on Cuban Royale as well at 23s. Coey, who you like? I tried to find every which way that Unspoken doesn't get, well, like, you know, can get beaten. And. I kept going back to the six kilo weight drop. Winning form's good. It's been in some handy types in benchmark grade. Uh, I know it comes into an open handicap, but yeah, just 52 kilos on its back. I, I think I keep reverting back to it. And it's going to be hard to beat. I get it. Cepheus, obvious danger. Um, it'll be heading towards the big dance. And Matty Dunn's absolutely flying with this horse. And winning form's good form. It gets another great. It's been blessed with barriers, this horse. So. Gets another good one here. It'll probably map similarly. It'll probably sit kind of box seat thereabouts and it'll just find the splits late and just launch. And its turn of foot has been strong. It can sustain a long one. It's just, is it going to be, oh, it's obviously going to be, it's grand finals in two and a half weeks' time. So this will just top him up perfectly and uh, 350 also warranted. And yeah, Tommy's already touched on nice choice. I think 1200 was just. I think a ridiculous task for it first up. It lost by six and a half, and it was rightfully so. I think its best distances are between 14 and 1600, closer to the mile, really. So that's what it did in the Winx Guineas. Uh, the fact that it'll have uh, no weight on its back, back to 1600, I would expect this horse to run really, really well. I think it's going to return where uh, second, second up is still a little bit of a query. I think it takes a couple of runs for it to tick over, like third up, fourth up, but I definitely have him in my numbers and it's hard not like hard to knock him. So I think unspoken wins, but I reckon you could almost just have three of those running in a trifecta, Quinella, you know, all the exotics. I think it's actually not a bad bet. Right, exotics as well. Uh, Five Diamonds Prelude, 1,500 metres is race number eight. Democracy Manifest is going around as favourite. It's $4.60. Uh, Democracy Manifest had a good win at Newcastle. We were all up there watching it win the Cameron. Uh, it also ran in the Epsom recently, so that was the probably about three weeks ago or something. Um, came fifth, but it only lost by about a length or a length and a half or something as well. So it's drawn 11. Tyler gets the ride. It's $4.60. Catelli is there. Uh, that's sixes into uh, five bucks. Uh, also look pretty good too. Ran second to uh, Cepheus last start. Uh, Waterford is there at seven fifty. Faulkner Park at nines. Converge is tens, and we're double figures, all of them. Nothing else overly had much money for it. But uh, Tommy, what do you reckon, mate? Race number eight. 
Yeah, I think um, I think there's a good amount of speed in this race, and I think it'll be nice and even. And I actually think I really like um, Tommy Berry back on Waterford. He was the one that sort of started the um, good form leading into last year on Waterford. He was he's four from four on Waterford, and I, I think the draw and the map um, really suits his horse really well. So um, I like Waterford at seven fifty. I, I don't think he's disgraced himself at all. He's been running in some good company and just sort of hasn't had the right mapping but Barry really likes this horse and he he was the one speaking it up uh last prep too so um Waterford for me really keen to see Faulkner Park come back it'll need to run Democracy Manifest um big fan as well Palmito as well as the, the one that I could see um going all right and same with Water Goes actually as well um Doing all right, super helpful, going towards a big dance as well. Probably a bit of a place chance, but uh, pretty keen on Waterford. Well, you, Coe? Handy little race, this. Um, let's start from race book order. Converge, probably the weakest race it's ever been in. Um, well, since probably being a three-year-old, essentially. So two seasons ago, passed, and I think this is hands down one of the easiest races it's con- uh, contested in. So... Definitely a chance. I think it's all right in the weights. Uh, I think the barrier shouldn't be an issue. I think it just goes back anyway. So, Barry 13, Regan Bales, Waterhouse and Bots, uh, winning formula. So, they're flying. Uh, so, no knocks. I think it's over the odds. And it'd be stupid if I didn't have it in my numbers. Democracy Manifest, obviously absolutely flying. It's winning the camera was huge. And I mean, imagine the... Uh, Darren Flindell's call if it was uh, descending down the outside. Yeah, fence imagine and, that. You know, it'd be it'd be awesome. And like it's it's lead up form is been A grade. So like you said, it's come in the camera and it won the camera and, and it came fifth, close fifth in an Epsom. So those form lines are a big tick. So definite chance. Probably warrants to be favourite. Yes, I get it. Cotille actually was huge in the Alan Brown. It was. It ran such a weird race, but the way it came home uh, it was impressive. I think it could step a little bit close at this start, probably lock him up in a midfield position. And if the tempo is on, which I'm still 50-50 about, I know zoom on, water goes, there's some proper go-for types, but if they do kind of sit and sprint, then we have a bit of an issue. But I'm hoping Tommy is right and there is a genuine tempo. So if that's be the case, Katil will be right there. And Waterford, Tom's nail on the head, I think. Tommy's back on board. I, the draw I'm actually happy about. I think it could be another horse that doesn't have to go right out the back. I think Tommy could settle him a bit worse of midfield, just be a little bit closer, just a fraction closer. And then it could launch late. And, yeah, I think the knockout is Palmetto. I think its form is genuine. It's been a bit luckless. It's drawn a barrier, which is a big tick. Uh, the six in that Alan Brown, it's a real smoky run. Like, it, watch that replay again couple times over, watch the head on and everything. The way it finds the line late, really impressive. I know it's going to be five kilos heavier on this occasion, but that Cattile, Steffi's form definitely holds strong. And the Cameron as well, came second in the Cameron. So all those form lines mould well together. Uh, that'll be my top five. As for a winner, I am leaning towards Cattile, but Tommy makes a really great case with Waterford. So I'm just going to be flipping a coin there. Yeah, it makes a cracking case for Waterford. I think I'll be having a couple of bucks on. We go, speaking of Tommy, Spangler is the favourite in race number eight, which is the big dance wildcard, 1,600 metres. Uh, Tommy is riding Spangler. Uh, barrier 11, $6. So we're $6 the field here. 
Uh, Flying Crazy is there at 650. Zach Lloyd riding for the Hawks. King of the Castle is the one that's getting the most dollars on it at the moment. Drawing the inside, Reese Jones rides for Joe Pride. It's come, so what is it, second up? Uh, $7 in from 11 Journalism is there at 7s for Valor. Drawn wide, 9.50. Old mate Steely, uh, nommed for here. Uh, Gab gave it a little bit of a... I actually don't know if he gave it a bit much of a push um, when it ran last start, but it ran a really nice win at uh, Eagle Farm. Storming down the outside to salute. Josh Parr gets the ride. $12, the rest of them. Lions, Royal Lock, Eagle, Special Sway, etc. Uh, tough, tough one, Tommy. $6, the field. Yeah, big time, um, big time, tough race. You, your speed horses. You're looking at uh, journalism for Valor. It's got to cross. Pro- probably, probably gets the lead for Valor, um, and then Baby Rider, maybe Steely a bit closer and Special Sway. But mate, that trial of um, Spangler was amazing. Look, I always say he's he's a lot better wet track horse, but he doesn't mind the. Um, the firm decks either, and that trial just really, when called upon, showed showed um, something special. So, look, I've got to stick with Spangler Lee's um, trialing after its last run. I, I think spells that he really wants him in this race. So, I've got to back him. Um, flying crazy, it's a big weight, but he's um, he hidden the line really well in that. Alan Brown really caught the eye. Uh, Zach Lloyd on two. Um, it's just that 60 kilos is a bit of a punish. Um, you can make a case for a few others. I think for Valor, if it does cross, big chance of leading all the way. And, yeah, Steely was good. Steely was really good in Queensland. I was on it when it won, so that was good. Um, and Dylan on 52.5 for Lock Eagle as well might be a bit of a, a knockout. But I think just off that trial, I really liked Spangler. King, where are you? Uh, same four numbers as Tommy, really. Um, he made a great case for all of them. I think Flying Crazy, huge uh, running that Alan Brown. Only I think it was pretty much dead last on the fence, rounding for home, and the way it just, just cut through the field. And it was only 0.7 behind Cepheus uh, on that occasion. So definite chance, heavy weight, but definite chance. Steely was great going up to Queensland. Um didn't actually think he'll win on that occasion. Sorry, Gav. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, still, like, enormous win, and I will cop it on the chin. Uh, I think it's definitely a chance. Barrier 10 a little bit of awkward position. That's why I think it's oh, – I don't know where it settles. I think it's kind of going to have to go forward. That's how I see it. I don't think it wants to go back because otherwise it'll probably land oh, – not last, but, you know, in the – last quarter of the field and I don't think that'd be ideal for it uh much the same as Spangler that trial was enormous but Barry 11 oh tricky uh I know it's a bit of a go back type so I don't know where it lands and for Valor I think it's the smoky of the race I think it's going to cross it's going to lead and I think it's going to dictate so uh, if it pinches a couple of soft sectionals I think um it's Gonna kick at the top of the straight, and it might just go bare in a box. So uh, I've got four valor on top, and it's a little bit of a value play. All right, four valor. I'm just asking Gab right now, and he said need some speed and luck and a toe into the race. Things need to pan out, which is fucking what he says every single race, and it ends up winning. So 
have a couple of bucks on fucking Steely and see what happens. The last uh, tab handicap and Tri-State is going around. Benchmark 88, 1,200 metres. Tommy Berry is riding. Uh, he's on a bunch of favourites, isn't he, old Tommy? Good to see. Uh, drawn absolutely very wide. Barrier 16 for Tommy and Anthony Cummings. It's $4.80 in from 6 bucks though. Coming off a win at... Uh, Rose Hill, extremely lucky is there. Second favourite, Brett Preble gets the ride at $7. Much, much better is there. We've got The Apprentice claiming three, seven fifty. Pioneer River drawn wide, seven fifty. Dynamic Impact, eight fifty. Pizarro, nines. There's a bunch under $10 here, which is good. Sandstock, Sebenat, Kabling, etc. Um, not a huge amount of money, Tommy, to be honest. There's probably a couple of bucks mostly for Tri-State. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I'm not surprised there hasn't been a lot of money because I think it's a really tough race, this a ton of speed and a lot of it drawn wide. You think it's normally pretty hard to lead Tri-State, but you've got the likes of Majorati, uh, much, much better. Titanium power drawing one as well, I think. Um, big tick for it. It could be a bit of a, a bit of a chance off that draw. Yeah, so I, I can't be with Tri-State from that gate. And I think that was a bit of an injury worry because it was meant to run last week and the they said it needed a vet and obviously didn't pass it because it uh, running it. it's running this week. So i got to take on Tri-State. And I think with all that speed, extremely lucky, really um, is really into it. I know Brad Gray speaking about it on the form line, um, really brought a good case for it. And it was rocketing home last start. So maybe something on extremely lucky. And I think good first up form as well uh, is... Barossa Rosa for Tracy Bartley and Reese Jones on um, does its uh, best work early prep as well. And if it does run in this race, I think it's a bit of a knockout at $19. But And, yeah, speaking of before about titanium power on that draw, but, yeah, I just think there's a ton of speed and it could set it up for something. Even something like a Robusto we saw Melbourne Cup Day last year rocketing home, um, but, yeah, I think extremely lucky for me. Happy to speak extremely lucky as well. I think there is a stake of speed in this. There's a couple of backmarkers that could launch, but uh, if it sticks on close enough, this is definitely winnable. I thought it was going to win first up, and it's been slightly disappointing, but fourth up, it's ready to peak. I think 1,100 is better than the 1,000. It's been oh, Sorry, 1,200 is far better than the 1,000 and the 1,100 it's been contesting in. We'll have more time to wind up and everything else. So seven bucks, definitely a play. Uh, the others that I can also respect, Titanium Power, Tommy's already mentioned it, Barrier One Speed Horse could hold hold the fence and set it up for itself, uh, like out of its equation. So that's good. And the little specking that I wouldn't mind making uh, is Kabling um, outside of that. I think it just settles, I don't know, uh, just behind the speed. So it'd probably be two or three pairs back. Barrier three, so it should get a pretty cushy run in transit. Twelve bucks, three eighty the place. I can definitely entertain a little bit, but it's a real tricky, tricky race to end the card. It's a fucking tough one. Um, all right, that is Randwick and Caulfield. Is there any other Randwick races you want to touch on, Coey? Yourself? Is there anything you like? I think you mentioned something in the first. Something at odds. No, I mean it's not that much of a price, but I just thought that the six fifty for Shangri La Express was nice. Uh, I know people have been talking about this agenda setter, but I, I thought Shangri-La Express's trial was just as good. It was quick as well on the clock and it was hard held to the line, 650. I could definitely uh, respect that. So I've had a little specking. No knock on the favourite though. It was a nice trial. And it, once again, it's two-year-old 
racing, so anything could happen. Uh, the wide, the longest horse could win, but I just thought six fifty was a nice price for the the opening one. All right, six fifty. Tommy, anything from you? There is another shorty, another good and runner going around at two fifteen. Zach Lloyd's aboard, but um, anything else around the country you like? Um, the two from Sydney I liked. One was actually the um, the highway was that Amaranth. I thought last uh, highway really rocketed home, really fun the line nicely. So three fifty. Um, yeah, three fifty. Don't mind it. Commemorative. We've already spoken about. And then you two in Melbourne as well, Riff Rocket and Tropical Squall. You can probably do a multi with them. Um, that was good, wasn't yeah, it? Riff Rocket last start, even on oh, the drift too. Wasn't it? Yeah, just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So hard not to be with it. And Hieronymus running, uh, going down the Caulfield for Tropical Squall. I don't mind it yeah, at all true. as well. I got a good value of the weekend as well. Love it. Uh, going to the rugby union. <laughs> oh, uh, I think Argentina to upset New Zealand. I don't think they've been playing well at all. And Argentina have been playing really well at $9. I don't mind the upset for Argentina to beat New Zealand. That is surely not happening, Tom. Uh, <laughs> they were amazing. They were good last. They were amazing. They just pumped Ireland. Yeah. I, I don't think Ireland were that good. I I actually think Argentina have been playing really well all tournament. Checker, Checker, the only Aussie still in the um in the World Cup. So I'm going with I'm going with Czech. Interesting. I've I've read a bunch of things where people are saying can they just have a buy this weekend? We all know who's playing for third and fourth and who's playing the final. So um, imagine those... Argentina South Africa um, final. I'd much rather that. Oh, to be honest, the the game, both games were unreal. I think that South Africa game was pretty sick as well. They just like big lads that just pump each other for pump the other team for seventy minutes and then just score, just end up scoring. But um, I think the other thing that's relatively exciting. Don't know how much you guys like it, but Volk's fighting Sunday morning. Um, it's going to be like a five a.m. main card. I think it starts, so he'll probably have his blue at seven thirty or eight o'clock, which is uh perfect Sunday morning punch ons if you're interested in doing that sort of thing. I'll be asleep. Not- Mate, I, yeah. I- yeah, good weekend of sport, I reckon. It's been, it's been good the last few weeks. Yeah, and hopefully we can have a couple of normal W's in the cricket. That would be ideal. Ideal. Um, all right, so, Tom, you're out at the track on Saturday. You're on the piss out there, I hear. I'm going with the old man. So, yeah, we would just um, hopefully find some winners. It would be great. If you find Thomas, find him a beer, find him a meat pie, find him something, find him a couple of winners. Are you sitting, you're in the room? Uh, I have, yeah, I'm not too sure yet. Um, I Yeah, I think we'll be... Bit everywhere, go check nice. out the wink stand, and that's yeah, loose. That fucking wink stand. I popped in there the other day just for a little bit, and it was chaos. It's unreal, but it's chaos. Yeah, I don't think there'll be as many people there this no. weekend as last weekend. But I you would have raised the good. average age in there, Thomas. I know. Man. Fuck, I felt very old in there. Um, all right, well, that is it. We got next week, which is a pretty exciting Manicato. It's a great race. There is the Cox Plate and all them, and Sydney's just going to try and chime in with the invitation. So. Next week, it's all happening as well, but hopefully this week... And we can... Spring Champion. Yes, spring, spring Champion is going around. And who was it? Tom Kitten probably going around. Actually, Tom Kitten running second the other day was enormous, by the way. But, uh, Even that's the, the calendar Presnell is looking good. So, three strong races. There is. Oh, that's where the Arctic Glamour is going around as favourite, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. All right, beautiful. All right, thanks, boys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Thursday and enjoy the track, Tommy. Hopefully, you get some winners. Fingers crossed.